0: Snap production.
1: Market. The S&P, The ISX stocks.
0: Motley Fool Money, Stock of the Week.
2: G'day fools, I'm Scott Phillips, the Motley Fools Chief Investment Officer, and welcome back, welcome back to a Motley Fool stock of the week. Whether you're on the podcast listening through Motley Fool Money or you're on YouTube. I was going to say getting to see my pretty face, but you know better than that if you're watching, so uh, if you're listening to the podcast, just assume, just assume. In the meantime, I'm also joined by motley full analyst extraordinaire, all-round good bloke, Chris Copley. G'day, mate. How are you? G'day, Scott. I'm doing very well, thank you. It's nice being in December. Isn't it? Right, mate, that happened quickly, didn't it? Well, it's not in December. It's halfway through December. Yeah. We're uh, on the on the downhill slide to Christmas, and soon it'll be 2022. Yeah. Let's not, let's not uh, recall the optimism we had at the end of last year, mate, because that... that that didn't go so well. Let's just just go in with realistic expectations that, hey, maybe, possibly, hopefully, things will be better next year. But that's not what we're here to talk about, mate. We are here to talk about our Motley Fool Stock of the Week, a recommendation you're gonna bring from behind the curtain, behind the paywall, out into the open for our readers, our listeners, and our viewers to understand a little bit more about the sort of companies we pick, why we pick them, why we like them, give you a bit of a taster, a bit of a flavor. Now, before I do that, let me run through my usual preamble because it's important. First thing, as always, we only give you general advice, not personal advice. We can't tell you what you should do. Chris is going to give you a stock recommendation that we like. You need to work out whether it's right for you, your portfolio, your circumstances. That's all really important. Second thing is we're long-term investors. Chris is not going to say this stock is going up tomorrow or next week or even next year, not even necessarily in 2022. We are looking out three to five years and hopefully longer trying to find a long-term market beating stock recommendation. So no, no predictions on the short or medium term. And lastly. We're recording this, as we've already said, in mid-December of 2021. uh, Things change. Prices change. Companies change. New announcements are made. Competitive environments and landscapes change. This may not be a buy recommendation forever. At some point, Chris or one of the other team might decide, hey, it's not going to be a buy anymore. It's now a hold. Now a sell. And so if you're watching this video or listening to this podcast meaningfully after the middle of December, just remember our views may have changed on the company based on what happens next. In in a perfect world, we're still holding up the share prices higher and we have even higher hopes, but... Things change, we get some wrong, sometimes the price simply goes up too much, we're like, you know what, we can't avoid, we don't want to avoid taking the opportunity to take some money off the table if Mr. Market's offering us a great price. So keep those things in mind with all of these podcasts, all of these videos as you're watching. Mate, let's get into it. Maybe you can give us the name of our stock of the week this week and give us a quick summary of what the business actually does. Yeah, so um, so my stock of the week this week is Healthier,
1: which um, trades under the ticker code HLA on the ASX. Mm-hmm. and. And Healthier essentially it owns an integrated portfolio of allied health businesses across Australia. So um, Healthier is headquartered in Queensland, and, and it actually has a number of its clinics within Queensland. Though they're quickly expanding around the country as well, and and also with their recent acquisition of, of Back in Motion Group, they're also expanding into New Zealand too. But but yeah, across the company's portfolio of allied health businesses are, are more than a hundred physiotherapy clinics, uh, more than a dozen hand therapy clinics. 45 optometry stores and one wholesale eyewear frame distribution business, um, 94 podiatry clinics and six retail footwear stores, and also two orthotics uh, laboratories. So. So essentially, the, the business seeks to grow both through organic means, but uh, as well as uh, through acquisition. So the company's made a number of uh, acquisitions over the last few years. So it's, it's essentially a, a roll-up company, which which certainly relies in, in a large part on the the capital allocation skills of management. But but it also benefits from the fact that the the allied health market is is extremely fragmented. So so there's a, a very high number of, of small practices around Australia, and this brings um this brings opportunities um but also risks for the business which I know we'll, we'll discuss a bit later on Scott so we will so, so yeah it's, it's not a particularly complex business there, there's a lot of different um a lot of different clinics and a lot of different things under its umbrella mm. but 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 I think healthy is it. it's an under the radar company delivering um impressive results so so that is uh, I guess why I'm, I'm bringing it to the attention of our uh, podcast listeners and, and YouTube viewers today.
2: Love it, Chris. Healthier, of course, is H-E-A-L-T-H-I-A, not I E R. particularly if you're listening to this. It is in the show notes, but uh, just just so you know, again, the code H-L-A will get you there anyway. Just type in A-S-X-H-L-A into your favorite search engine and, uh, and go from there. Mate, it's an interesting business because on one hand, we're talking about allied health, which feels like one category. But as you've already gone through, there must be, it sounds like four or five different kind of specializations within that business. So it's both singular and and quite diversified, quite fragmented in itself, let alone, as you say, the rest of the market being fragmented. And then you've got the roll-up thing, which is either done really, really well by some businesses or really poorly by others, Mm -hmm. and is often misunderstood by the market. Um, There's been a couple of roll-ups that haven't gone so well. And frankly, some of them deserve not to go well because they're operationally ordinary businesses. Mm-hmm. Others, frankly, the markets just got wrong and, and, and investors love to blame management when share prices fall. Um, often it's the case that simply people paid too much for too long for some of these businesses They simply didn't deserve the multiples that were being paid. So it's a really, really fascinating space for me. And I, as you say, allied health, both are, are very fragmented, also reasonably quickly growing, um, at least mm-hmm. relative to health expenditure, top part of the market. So can you get into some of that? Let's go then to the investment case. We've talked about what it is. That's not enough. We want to know why we like it. And most specifically, when we at the multiple, make a recommendation in almost every single one of our services, bar one, we aim to beat the market. We are picking stocks. We are saying, you know what? Over the next five plus years, we think not only is it going to make money for our members, but make more money than if they invested in the ASX itself, or the All Lords in this case itself, instead. So give us the investment thesis, mate. Give us the buy case. Why do we like Healthier as an investment from today?
1: Yeah. So the the first reason why why I like it, um, which I touched on slightly already, is the fact that the company has it it has a massive market opportunity to grow into. And and believe it or not, Scott Healthy is actually the largest player in the industry. And its market share across its uh, key markets, which it lists as uh, feet and ankles, um, body and bodies and minds, um, and eyes and ears, is actually less than two and a half percent. So wow, there's okay. there's still a, a massive runway for for more mm-hmm. growth and, and more acquisitions for the business. Um, there are also tailwinds um, within these industries which could support mm-hmm. um, continued modest growth, not massive uh, technology sort of tailwinds that you see in some <laughs> industries, but, yeah, but yeah. there are some modest tailwinds. So so there's um, both a rise and, I guess, awareness of the importance of health across across Australia and also the ageing population that should also help to continue to, to grow this market over the years ahead. And and maybe even the, the 2032 Olympics in Brisbane, Scott, could also uh, help convince more and more people to play and participate in in. <laughs> more sports and I know my physio certainly did quite well for me when I was playing a lot of AFL so it's, it's not at all a key part of the investment thesis but but I guess yeah something that that may uh may help it over the next decade is that that Olympics that'll be coming up eventually um, oh, okay. and another key thing that, that I like about um, Healthy is its key strategic focus of of ensuring that ha- it has a a quality team of clinicians that that are well supported, um, well trained, and, and that these clinicians can be retained and also grow with the business. and And I think this is the most important point when it comes to healthier because running running allied health clinics is very different, um, for example, to, to running a, a retail company. So the clinicians are actually the essentially the sort of the product for these businesses. So yeah, you know, may, you may go to Temple and Webster, for example, because you like the brand, or you may go to Coke because you like the taste of Coke. But if the the sale rep for example for Temple Webster or Coke Change would it impact your decision on whether or not you continue to purchase your product from, Mm. from these particular companies? Well, maybe, but probably not. Um, but when it comes to allied health clinics, if you've been seeing the same physio for a while and and that physio leaves to work at, you know, the clinic next door or something along those lines, and the customer will quite likely stick with the physio rather than stick with the the clinic itself. So that's why retention of, of clinicians, it's just, it's just so important as it's, it's really the key to, I guess, delivering a, a better patient experience and also a better patient uh, retention over the longer term. And, and yeah, if you look through the the company's presentations, this is um this is something they do quite well. So they have extremely uh, strong clinician engagement scores, and mm. and this is uh, in part due to its strong culture. But they they also look to partner with these clinicians and and have them share in the success of the business as these clinicians also become um, part owners of the the business over time. Um, Another exciting aspect about the business model is its ability to uh, purchase clinics at a very attractive um, earnings accretive multiple. So Mm -hmm. so the average price that the company has paid for clinics over the last few years has has been not much more than than four times operating earnings. So so considering that the company still only has an extremely uh, small market share, there's still opportunities for them to continue to make uh, these, these acquisitions at Attractive multiples over the, the coming years, um, and not only are they acquiring these businesses at a cheap multiple, um, but often there's significant opportunities to make these businesses even more profitable after the acquisition by by making the practice um more more efficient and and through uh, I guess cost and, and operational synergies such as um such as introducing I guess centralized practice software systems for example and um, I have got a couple more points as well. There's there's a lot to talk about. Go for but, it. Man. No, it's important. Go for it. Yeah. Um, um, uh, uh, the vertically integrated business model is another point oh. I've written down. And, and so, so as I mentioned right at the top that the company owns an orthotics, um, laboratory. So, um, it also owns an allied health wholesale supplies business called DBS medical. And, and this business specializes in, um, podiatry and, and foot care products. So, um, podiatry, um, equipment, um, surgical, uh, instruments, and also foot and nail care, um, products. So so as the, the business increases its scale and it, it acquires more and more podiatry clinics, it has the opportunity to also sell its products through more uh, more clinics which can allow the business to increase its production and hope, hopefully increase its margins for these particular businesses over time. So for example, its orthotics um, are produced at a cost which is significantly below the price that they'd be able to purchase them um, externally for. So. Um, so they can sell more orthotics which is a tick for their supplies business um, and the clinics can purchase these goods for a cheaper price which is good for the clinics because they can you know either expand margins or even create a, a better I guess um, experience for the customer by bringing down price or both at the same time so it's, it's a nice win-win for, for both areas of their business. Um, the company also um, um, print Orthotics not just in the Australian market but also in North America so it has also further expansion opportunities to sell outside of its uh, just Australia region um, and they also are able to do something similar with its optometry stores as they also have a uh, wholesale eyewear frame distribution business so that's a nice differentiator for, for the company as well and, and the final thing that I, I really want to talk about um, as it is so important for these roll-up companies is its strong management team so, so the company is uh, it's led by Chairman Dr Glenn Richards and the CEO uh, Wesley Coote, who was uh, previously um, these two led Green Cross, um, which oh, is okay. a, it, it's, a, it's a former ASX listed company, but it was um, eventually taken over by a US private equity um, business. But, mm-hmm. but yeah, from, from this experience and also their involvement in other successful um, listed businesses, they've shown that they're, they're a high quality uh, management team, they're high quality capital, ab- capital allocators, um, and they have a uh, significant experience in, in leading successful um, acquisition focused strategy. So that's all something that's, that's very important to the thesis. So, so yeah, these are a few things that I really
2: like about Healthier. Nice, mate. Super thorough, super interesting. I learned a few things along the way, including the Green Cross team. that did a great job of building that business now across the Healthier, so that's kind of cool to know. Now, at this point in the episode, I need to remind our viewers and listeners that there are other ways to get free, get yeah, free content from The Motley Fool. If you're listening to this on the podcast, thank you very much why don't you duck over and try The Good Oil with Scott Phillips, our other podcast. That's an interview-based podcast where we talk to executives, entrepreneurs, and experts about what's really going on in the world today. Fascinating conversations. I say that not because I'm on it, but I get to ask hopefully hopefully, reasonably interesting questions of other people and hear their responses. So if you want to hear them talk rather than me, then go to The Good Oil uh, and get some of The Good Oil from some of those people. If you are, of course, on YouTube, and you haven't yet checked out the multi Money podcast, please do that, as well as The Good Oil podcast. Grab both of those, you'll like them. You get this episode plus two a week, um, a bit of a week that was, and a mailbag episode every single week. And, of course, if you're listening to this on the podcast, do your eyes are, Well, I'm going to do a favour. I'm not sure you get to do a favour looking at me. You get to do a favour looking at Chris. Put it that way. Jump onto our YouTube channel or simply Google The Motley Fool Australia uh, on Google or go to the YouTube search bar and do the same. Uh, or you can go to uh, youtube.com slash c Slash foolau. I assume C is for channel. So it's youtube.com slash C slash foolau. And you get to our channel. Don't forget to like and subscribe so that you get notified every single time. We've got another free video on that channel, which we do more than a few times a week, maybe four or five times a week on average. You really want to go and check some of that stuff out. It includes this is the marquee series, our stock of the week, but heaps of others besides. And of course, check out the socials on Twitter. Go to the Motley Fool AU, same on Instagram. If you want to follow me on those platforms, I'm at TMF Scott P. On Facebook, you can find us at The Motley Fool Australia or facebook.com slash money. They're all the ads. They're free. How's that? Free, free, free from The Motley Fool. Every single week, which we week most days. We have YouTube videos going up all the time. Great episodes, uh, podcast episodes on the podcast machines as well.
0: Motley Fool Money. For more, subscribe to the free newsletter at fool.com.au forward slash listener.
2: Let's get back to healthier. Let's get back to the risks of investing in a business. As I say, most weeks, uh, I know some of you have heard this a lot or seen this a lot, but watch this a lot. But uh, I say it because we have sometimes new listeners, new viewers who turn up, and this might be the first one they've seen. Every single time we make a recommendation at The Motley Fool, we tell you why we think you should buy the shares. We think they're gonna be market leaders. that's why. And we'll explain to you the rationale behind that thinking. But we'll also make sure we tell you what could go wrong with the business because we're wrong sometimes. In fact, we're wrong more than I'd like to admit, but overall, we tend to do reasonably well. Uh, at ShareAdvisor, the service I run, we're only been right about six out of 10 times, if you can believe that. Coincidentally, that's exactly the number that US fund manager Peter Lynch said is good in investing. And the good thing is our winners have made more than our losers have lost. So if you get more winners than losers, and the average winner does more than the average loser, losers, well, that's hopefully a ticket to uh, successful investing. That's what we try and do. Same with other services around the Motley Fool. Of course, I use Share Advisor because I'm intimately familiar with that one, but it's important to know we have our share of losers and this might be one. I'm sure it won't be. Chris is a smart bloke, he's a good investor, but it might be and so we want you to be diversified. We want you to make sure you're investing properly and you want to send the risk of individual businesses. So that's important. Let's go to healthier, healthier risks then, Chris. What sort of things are you looking out for that might tell us that the investment thesis is busted, we got something wrong, or the company's gone off the rails?
1: Yeah, the, the key risk for Healthier, in my opinion, is that they're able to retain their clinicians. So you know, it doesn't really matter how attractive your acquisition prices are if the yeah. business is shrinking organically and making poor acquisitions. So so therefore, it's, it's important that that the business um, continues to to generate um, organic uh, organic growth, and, and to do that requires high levels of clinician uh, retention. So that's something that we'll be watching closely. Um, Another risk, and it's a risk um, with all roll-up companies, is the ability for management to allocate capital in an effective manner. So so not paying too much for acquisitions, not getting too close to your debt covenants and also finding quality um, acquisitions are, 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 likely, um, to, that, that are likely to keep growing even after the acquisition is very mm-hmm. important. So if we started to lose confidence in, in, in management's ability to do this, then we'd have to review our investment thesis. And, and it's worth probably um, doubling down and, and double highlighting the the, um, the debt covenants um, as an important point as well. So the company, um, it recently made its largest acquisition to date and, and completed a capital raising to do it. And this acquisition, um, this acquisition did however mean that the company is closer to its debt covenants than it has been in the past. Um, It still is in quite a comfortable position but but it may impact on the level of acquisitions that the company can do in the future um, which could impact on on growth rates of course and and the company's been delivering impressive growth rates because it is still um, in the early stage of of its business journey. So um, every new acquisition makes a material impact on the top and bottom line for this company. So its growth and its execution has been really strong but but yeah, absolutely, it's important to keep close eye on the balance sheet. So so yeah, but, but yeah, despite this, like all businesses, there's, there's certainly risks to watch out for, out for, but from a risk reward perspective, I think Healthier is quite a, attractively positioned and I think it's going to be a
2: market beat over the next three to five years. Very nice, mate. I will ask you to sum up that investment case in a minute. Before I do, I'm just going to mention debt covenants because you mentioned them in passing. And for those who don't uh, spend their lives looking at balance sheets, like Chris and I do and others in our team, uh, the, when, when a lender gives you some money, if you're, if you're a, a mortgage holder, there's probably not a lot of rules that come with it. If you're a business and you're borrowing money from a bank or from a range of lenders, they will say, okay, well, you can have this money, but there are certain conditions that your business must adhere to, either the amount of debt in total that you can take on or the interest repayments as a proportion of your profit, for example, or a whole lot of other rules that can be put in place by uh, the, the banks to make sure they're not taking too much risk or they're limiting the risk by basically kind of putting some, some guardrails around what you can and can't do and what they expect. And to Chris's point, um, you know, most of these covenants aren't tested because they're not super generous, but they're not overly onerous normally. But if you push yourself too far or things kind of go badly, you can come up against them. And if you do, the bank can at its discretion then demand you repay your whole loan or somehow find, try and find some refinancing. So it's worth being mindful of as you get closer to a debt covenant, that becomes a bigger risk that somehow it can impact the business's ability to grow, even on the, in the absolute extreme cases to operate. Is that, is that fair to say, Chris?
1: No, yeah, that, that's absolutely fair to say. And I think at this stage the risk is more towards the uh, the, the area of growth rather than to yeah. towards the, the debt covenants. But that is it is always a risk, especially in uncertain times like COVID. You know, <laughs> if there's a if if that continues for long periods of time and impacts on a lot of their clinics then then you know that it could make some debt covenants quite quite scary. But yeah, yeah, I think at
2: this point it's mostly focused towards mm-hmm. growth, but certainly something to keep a close eye on. Nice. And we're saying, of course, as we said, we mentioned those risks, not because we think they're going to happen. If we thought they were going to happen, then we wouldn't recommend the company. We're just saying these are the things that you need to be careful of that the business doesn't fall afoul of or run afoul of. All right, mate, let's get to our famous patented trademarks. Not really. 30 to 60 second elevator pitch, mate, as you join me on the journey from the first floor to the 31st floor. And you're making a pitch as to why I and our viewers and our listeners should consider buying in Healthier. What are you telling us, mate?
1: So yeah, Healthier, it's executing really well. I, I didn't really go through all the financials and, the, and its results, but if, if you have a chance as listeners to have, to have a quick look through it, it's, it's growing quite strongly, both from organic perspective and um, from a total revenue perspective, from an earnings per share perspective, this, this business is, is executing extremely well. Um, it has a tiny but, but growing market share. Um, it has the ability to, to make acquisitions at very attractive prices. Um, it has the opportunity for, for continued margin expansion as it scales, um, and it also has a high quality team of well-trained clinicians and a track record of being able to retain these clinicians. And, and yeah, finally, the company is led by a strong and experienced management team. So so yeah, combining all of these points, I think that, that Healthier will be able to deliver market beating returns uh, over the next
2: few years. There you go, fools. A recommendation for you to potentially consider buying a Healthier HLA on the ASX from all-round good bloke, analyst extraordinaire and gun stock picker, Chris Copley. Chris, thank you for sharing your time and expertise with us. We really appreciate it. And to our viewers and listeners, thank you for spending your time with us. We know you can be doing a million other things and we appreciate you spending some time listening to Chris and I have a chat about Healthier. And all left for me to do is say a behalf for Chris and myself and the whole Motley Fool investment team. Until next time, Fool on. <laughs>